Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 24 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford. To Alexander Layton, St. Andrews, 22nd November, 1639. Reverend and much honored prisoner of hope, Grace, mercy, and peace be to you. It was not my part, whom our Lord hath enlarged, to forget you his prisoner. When I consider how long your night hath been, I think Christ hath a mind to put you in free grace's debt so much the deeper, is your sufferings have been of so long a continuance. But what if Christ intend you no joy but public joy with enlarged and triumphing Zion? I think, sir, that you would love it best to share and divide your song of joy with Zion and to have mystical Christ in Britain partner with your enlargement. I am sure your joy, bordering and neighboring with the joy of Christ's bride, would be so much the sweeter that it were public. I thought if Christ had halved my mercies and delivered his bride and not me, that his praises should have been double to what they are. But now two rich mercies conjoined in one have stolen from our Lord more than half praises. Oh, that mercy should so beguile us and steal away our accounts and acknowledgments. Worthy sir, I hope that I need not exhort you to go on in hoping for the salvation of God. There hath not been so much taken from your time of ease and created joys as eternity shall add to your heaven. You know, when one day in heaven hath paid you, yea, and overpaid your blood, bonds, sorrow, and sufferings, that it would trouble an angel's understanding to lay the account of that surplus of glory which eternity can and will give you. Oh, but your sand glass of sufferings and losses cometh to little when it shall be counted and compared with the glory that abideth you on the other side of the water. You have no leisure to rejoice and sing here while time goeth about you and where your psalms will be short. Therefore, you will think eternity and the long day of heaven that shall be measured with no other sun nor horologue than the long life of the ancient of days to measure your praises little enough for you. If your span length of time be cloudy, you cannot but think your Lord can no more take your blood and your bands without the income and recompense of free grace than he would take the sufferings of Paul and his other dear servants that were well paid home beyond all counting. Romans eight eighteen. If the wisdom of Christ 
hath made you antichrist's eyesore and his envy. You are to thank God that such a piece of clay as you are is made the field of glory to work upon. It was the potter's aim that the clay should praise him. And I hope it satisfieth you that your clay is for his glory. Oh, who can suffer enough for such a Lord? And who can lay out in bank enough of pain, shame, losses, torture, to receive in again the free interest of eternal glory? Second Corinthians 4.17 Oh, how advantageous a bargaining is it with such a rich Lord! If your hand and pen had been at leisure to gain glory on paper, it had been but paper glory. But the bearing of a public cross so long for the now controverted privileges of the crown and scepter of free King Jesus, the prince of the kings of the earth, is glory booked in heaven. Worthy and dear brother, if you weigh Jesus' sweetness, excellency, glory, and beauty, and lay for against him your ounces or drachms of suffering for him, you'll be straightened two ways. One, it will be a pain to make the comparison, the disproportion being by no understanding imaginable. Nay, if heaven's arithmetic and angels were set to work, they should never number the degrees of difference. Two, it would straighten you to find a scale for the balance, to put in that high and lofty one, that over-transcending prince of excellency. If your mind could fancy as many created heavens as time hath had minutes. Trees have had leaves and clouds have had raindrops since the first stone of the creation was laid. They would not make half a scale to bear and weigh boundless excellency. And therefore the king, whose marks you are bearing and whose dying you carry about with you, in your body is, out of all cry and consideration, beyond and above all our thoughts. For myself, I am content to feed upon wondering sometimes at beholding, but the borders and skirts of the incomparable glory which is in that exalted prince. I think you could wish for more ears to give him than you have, since you hope these ears you now have given him shall be passages to take in the music of his glorious voice. I would fain both believe and pray for a new bride of Jews and Gentiles to our Lord Jesus. After the land of graven images shall be laid waste, and that our Lord Jesus is on horseback, hunting and pursuing the beast, and that England and Ireland shall be well-swept chambers for Christ 
and his righteousness to dwell in. For he hath opened our graves in Scotland, and the two dead and buried witnesses are risen again and are prophesying. Oh, that princes would glory in carrying the train of Christ's robe royal in their arms. Let me die within half an hour after I have seen the Son of God's temple enlarged and the cords of Jerusalem's tent lengthened to take in a more numerous company for a bride to the Son of God. Oh, if the corner or foundation stone of that house, that new house, were laid above my grave. Oh, who can add to him who is that great all? If he would create suns and moons, new heavens, thousand, thousand degrees more perfect than these that now are, and again, make a new creation, ten thousand, thousand degrees, in correction beyond that new creation, and again, still, for eternity, multiply new heavens. They should never be a perfect resemblance of that infinite excellency, order, weight, measure, beauty, and sweetness that is in him. Oh, how little of him do we see. Oh, how shallow are our thoughts of him. Oh, if I had pain for him and shame and losses for him and more clay and spirits for him and that I could go upon earth without love, desire, hope because Christ hath taken away my love, desire, and hope to heaven with him. I know, worthy sir, your sufferings for him are your glory and therefore... Weary not, his salvation is near at hand and shall not tarry. Pray for me, his grace be with you. Someone to hear your prayers, someone who's there. That was episode 24 of the Letters of Samuel Rutherford. <laughs>